Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics. What happened? Enter the realm of living death. Voice of Olympus, hosted by Hercules Invictus and Athena Victory, celebrates the mythic impulses of ancient Greece and Rome, and they invite you to celebrate with them. Welcome to Voice of Olympus. Greetings and welcome to Voice of Olympus. I'm your host, Hercules Invictus, and this being the third Monday of the month is our Starfleet adventure. And our regular guest, uh, and soon I'm going to ask him to be a co-host, is Admiral Bob Bossler of the USS Challenger. Greetings, Bob. How are you? We seem to be experiencing some technical difficulties. Let me see if, like Scotty, I can fix this very fast. Hello, Hello, Bob. Bob. chamber. Let me see if I can fix that. Um, I don't know if you can hear me, but I was saying I felt like Scotty. All of a sudden, we're jump out of warp, and uh, we're in this weird wormhole. <laughs> it's okay. You do it. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Okay. Do we still have the you. echo on your end? I'm not hearing an echo. Okay, I have an echo here. Let me try one more thing. Hello? We have continuing echoes now. Okay, let me try something else. Hello? Hello? Hi, Bob. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yep. Okay, I'm going to try next to call you through the keyboard. Let me just write down your number. Okay, it's 856-495-6476. Okay, 
8-5-6-4-9-5-6-4-7-6. Okay, hang up, and I will try calling you through the board. Okay. Hello. Hi. How are you? Okay. <laughs> Is that better? Sounds good to me. And here I thought only my scratchy voice from my cold was gonna was gonna be the only problem. <laughs> no, no, no. Wormholes and all sorts of things. Okay, I'm still now I'm getting the echo again. How's that? How's that? Nope. Multiple echoes here. Okay, let me try calling myself. Okay, Bob? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, there we go. <laughs> All righty. It took uh, six minutes. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, technology, which is a blessing to us all, is phenomenally quirky. And uh, lately, uh, um, Blog Talk Radio has been phenomenally quirky. So uh, um have to start moving on uh, our other options to get the show recorded. But anyway, we are back with Admiral Bob Vossler of the USS uh, Challenger and District 7 in uh, Starfleet International. How are things with you, Bob, other than a scratchy throat? Uh, not bad. Not bad at all. We, uh, we had our reorganization meeting, um, and we had, our, well, we had our latest meeting, and um, we mapped out some things for, uh, for the new year, and uh, awesome. we're, we're putting things with that. You know, it, it got a little delayed last, uh, last month, from last month because of the, uh, the weather, but um, everything went well. Good. Uh, can you share some of these plans with us? Yeah, we're uh, looking at doing a nice mix of, uh, you know, activities, uh, social type events, and um, and our uh, and, and looking to do some community service projects um, on the, uh, the service project end on. Uh, March 10th, we're going to be doing a uh, beach sweep uh, cleanup over in Island Beach State Park, and uh, uh, that's something we haven't we've never done before. Um, uh-huh. And we'll be doing and uh, we'll be hosting our inter- intergalactic uh, food festival once again uh, in good. April. We thought we'd set it in April again. That worked last year because. Uh, when we put it in uh, February and March, you know those are those are months where the weather could, uh, you know, could, could prove a little uh, difficult if a storm blew in. So we decided to to move it as a celebration of spring, 
know, presumably by April we'll have spring. Um, and uh, there's always a good uh, good excuse for uh, you know for for getting together and eating and and meeting new fans because it's open to the public, it's open to everybody, and uh, you, you want to come out and enjoy it. And it's a uniform event. We we encourage people to to wear you know their their uniforms or costumes. Uh, and, and you know, and take part, break bread with us, and and have a lot of fun. And we'll probably, um, you know, we'll be screening something, maybe an episode of Discovery, uh, at, at some point. We've also discussed, uh, in some way, commemorating what will be the 40, you know, this year is the 40th anniversary of Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Yeah. So we, we may do some kind of activity, uh, either uh, as a standalone activity, maybe at the library, or um, you know, during our Region Seven conference uh, that will be held in, in uh, late October, the last weekend before Halloween uh, in, in October. So. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of fun. You, you got a lot of things planned for this year. Yeah, plus uh, some, you know, some, some local things like our, uh, you know, a miniature golf event. We, we, we did that last year. We, we've done that off and on for many, many years, but uh you know, we got away from it, and, and last year we brought it back. But we, uh, the, the crew didn't particularly like that that the choice of uh, location. So we're going to pick a different one, um, uh-huh. probably a little clo- closer to my place, uh, right in Ortley Beach, uh, the uh, the famous uh, Barnacle Bills that's been there for now. I think this is this goes on their 56th year. So uh, wow. <laughs> and it's right next to a, a Coors ice cream um, establishment. So uh, you know, after the after the tournament, you know, we'll be able to just go over and, and pack on the pounds with more with some ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to the new year. It sounds like, and you got a great a lot of great things planned. Uh, are you doing any of these in conjunction with other uh, Starfleet vessels, or any Klingons, or Romulans, or? Oh, absolutely. Well, the the Intergalactic Food Festival has has always been not only open to the public, but we've always invited uh, the region and, and and at times other uh, other fan groups that were outside of Starfleet. Um, you know, there's the you know we we've had years where where uh, we picked a theme. And um, we had a Klingon, you know, one year was dedicated to Klingon, uh, uh, uh-huh. uh, Klingons, and we had various forms of Gach, you know, uh, and, and blood wine and things like that. Uh, we've had years where, um, I know we had a Bajoran year and we had a Vulcan year. And, uh, and you know, we've had years where we've, you know, uh, just opened it up to all kind of fandom. Um, I know only a few years ago we had the uh, uh fish sticks and custard you know from doctor who and uh, we had some kind of star wars dish as well you know so uh it's it's really very inventive and creative and uh you know as long as it's edible it doesn't kill anybody um you know you know the the beverages are colorful uh they they can't actually contain alcohol because it's a family event and of course it's a public right. event so we couldn't do that but we've had a, a variety of different, uh, you know, different things to, to, to wash it down with as well. And we, we seem to, without being able to really plan who's bringing what, we've always seemed to maintain a balance of entrees to desserts to, to drinks. You know, it, it's just 
all seems to always fall into place. Yeah, very true. Um, this sounds awesome. Do these people come when you celebrate the different uh, um, planets of the Federation or um, foes of the Federation? Um, do uh, the clubs from those uh, uh, fandoms show up? Like, yeah, I mean, we, we we did in the past. We've um, we we've had uh, we always have support from our our uh, chapters uh, around Region Seven. Uh, especially those in New Jersey that 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 are close by, and uh, sometimes in the Philly area, uh, and and for, as far away as as you know as as north uh, northern New York uh, as well. So, you know, it it all depends, which is why we um, we put it in, you know, we moved it to April, as I said, because um, we we originally started it oh twenty twenty five years ago of our thirty year uh, uh, time doing this. Um, we, we started it in January, um, mm-hmm. and then 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 it uh, kind of bunked against the the, uh, the uh, Super Bowl, so we kind of moved it to February, and then the Super Bowl kind of moved to February. So, uh, you know, not that the Super Bowl really, you know, really uh, contradicted this because we, you know, the Super Bowl starts afterwards anyway. And, and quite frankly, we, uh, the room doesn't really follow football much. But, but because we opened it to the public, we didn't want to, you know, have a, a conflict for people that might, you know, want to do that. And and the weather was much more of a, uh, a factor. So then it, it, it kind of got moved to uh, March, and then um, we just decided that April was a was a better better time. So, but but yeah, yeah they do show up. Division uh, over time, you know, and traditions uh, kind of get modified to fit everybody's schedule. And, yeah, so yeah. It's, things, it's a thing. Things change, and and we kind of change with it, and we try to always uh, shake it up a little bit, so it's not really the same thing every year. That we we try to throw uh, you know a different angle to it. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, I believe this one year was the um, the you know the the tragedy of uh, the challenger. One of the state, not not the challenger itself, because that was before us. But uh, but we did recognize the the anniversary, uh, you know, of of that, you know, during the food festival. But we 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 didn't we didn't always want to have it, you know, tied to something unfortunately tragic, as well. So. Um, but uh, yeah, so over the years we've we've moved it around, and um, we have uh, some other plans too. We're, we're going to be involved with uh, working with the Blue Claws uh, minor league baseball league in um, in Lakewood. They're gonna they're gonna host a, a Star Trek night or a sci-fi night um, awesome. over 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 at the stadium. So we're gonna be there with a the table, and uh, you know it'll give us an opportunity to promote ourselves. That'll be in August, and and we're also looking to partner up with the uh, Ocean County College's uh, Novins Planetarium uh, because we've we've gotten uh, for for several years now we've we've gone to some of the planetarium programs and they're they're really fantastic uh, oh, awesome. a mixture of music and and light and and, and science uh, they've also had theme nights where uh, the last one 
a uh, few of us went to uh, was dedicated to Doctor Who, and they had a um, you know Doctor Who trivia and snacks, and uh, um, people were dressed up and, and things like that. So they want to do a Star Trek you know night like that as well. So we we one of our members has been in touch and um, is is hope is uh, arranging something for later in the year for that as well. We started planning something like that at the uh, Cresco Public Library. It's still in the discussion phases, uh, but we mm-hmm. were thinking of, in addition to having the uh, meetings there uh, for our club, we're thinking of having once a month a uh, retro sci-fi night. Oh, that sounds like fun. That yeah, I'm a great. big fan of uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space <coughs> and Jones mm-hmm. and uh, Flash Gordon. So, uh, you know, doing something like that. Uh, is very well uh, within the parameters of what we're setting up. Cool, cool. And uh, I, I know this this year seems to be a uh, anniversary year for a lot of different things. I I know that uh, Buck Rogers uh, actually was first uh, first came out. I don't know if it came out as a novel or a comic strip. Uh, in and I can't believe it was this far back, 1929. So this has got to be the 90th anniversary of, uh, wow. of Buck Rogers, um, which I knew predated Flash Gordon only by a few years. But, uh, you know, that that was our first real fictional glimpse of the future, you know. Uh, uh, a lot of people point. don't know that the rolling credits in uh, Star Wars that everyone thought were quite unique were actually from Flash Gordon, which is one of yeah. our earliest sci-fi uh, shows. Absolutely. It was so funny at the time in the 1970s when when uh, when George Lucas was so upset with, uh, you know, with Buck, with uh, Battlestar Galactica coming out, um, you know, and, and John Dirkstra, you know, uh, being involved with it because he had done the special effects for Star Wars. But, you know, to, but to claim that, you know, Battlestar Galactica ripped off Star Wars, you know, the Star Wars you know, as good as it was, was, of course, a compilation of a lot of things from Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon, you know, mostly Flash Gordon. Oh, yes. So it's like it's like and everything borrows from something else and just puts a different spin on it, you know. Yeah, Edgar Rice Burroughs, like the the Banthas were, the, you know, the Banths, and uh, uh, mm-hmm. there were all sorts of things uh, uh, that were taken right out of Burroughs. And uh, for a science fiction fan going to say, I loved Star Wars, especially the, the first uh, couple of Star Warses, uh, when they came out, and I saw them countless times, but um, uh, I was a science fiction fan already since uh, childhood, so I was able to, you know, pick out all these obscure things that he um, paid homage to <laughs> in Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every everybody, you know, everybody puts their own kind of, you know, gets inspired by something, and uh, you know, borrows a little from 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 somewhere. Uh, so, and, you know, so, uh, um, and, and as, as a crew, we're looking forward to speaking of sci-fi, but also kind of a superhero, uh, we're looking forward to next month's, uh, release of Captain Marvel, uh, which certainly has a, you know, kind of a sci-fi spin to it, you know, as oh, a, yes. mar- what a, another Marvel movie blockbuster, we think, you know, uh, two books have come out already that expand the story. I was at uh, Barnes and Noble uh, the other day and I saw them. I didn't pick them up yet, but uh, I probably will before the movie uh, premieres. Yeah. It, it, Captain Marvel has a very interesting 
history. Um, when I was, you know, first uh, collecting comics, um, as far as Marvel's Captain Marvel goes, um, you know, it was a it was a male, and I just was drawn to the character because of the the really cool costume that he had, um, which uh, which was later I would find out that he. He went from the crappiest costume of all to, you know, this green and white thing with a Saturn plastered on the chest to something really, you know, pretty cool as, as uh, red, blue, and, and, and gold. And, and uh, you know, I thought he was very interesting as a character. Um, but then over time, you know, um, you know, the comic didn't last, but it had a lot of sci-fi themes to it. And... Uh, you know, I, I couldn't keep up with all the titles that I was already collecting from both Marvel and DC. So, Mar you know, Captain Marvel kind of went on the wayside. And then the next thing I knew, uh, in a very famous graphic novel, he, he was killed off um, by, you know. So, uh, I might and, still and, have and, that one somewhere in a box in the basement. Yeah. And, and Ms. Marvel came out. And for many years, Ms. Marvel was, you know, with the Avengers and... You know, uh, so uh, and now she's and now she took over fully as as Captain Marvel. Of course, there was other Captain Marvels in between. Sure. Um, so uh, there was a uh, an African American uh, woman who yes, who then later changed her her name to Photon or Pulsar. I think she's had three different names, but Monica. Uh, yes. And and it's ironic because they kind of put an homage to that character in this movie. She's going to be one of the fellow pilots, female pilots oh, okay. uh, that, that, that we'll see in the movie with Carol Danvers uh, in the comics. She was, um, I believe she was uh, 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 on a fireboat or something like that. And it, and she really had an interesting backstory. You know, it was uh, a very well done character, uh, but they had to maintain the, the name, you know, to, to, to retain the, the rights to uh, have the name Captain Marvel because, of course, DC DC Comics wanted it, you know, for for the original Captain Marvel, which that we know of as Shazam. So, uh, and then, uh, you know, they even made an effort to bring back, you know, the de the deceased Captain Marvel, but he ended up being a a scroll, uh, you know, replacement that he didn't realize what he was or something like that. I don't know. But, what do you uh, think of? Uh, because they're basically doing the scroll uh, tale um, where the scrolls invaded the earth and replaced the people from the commercials. Uh, it's pretty obvious that they're, they're doing part of that story. Uh, how do you think this will change the MCU moving forward? I loved, I always loved the scrolls and I've always mm -hmm. wanted to see them use the scrolls. In fact, I believe they were it's originally they, they were going to use the scrolls for, uh, the first Avengers movie, but uh, they they changed. I don't know if there was a a, a, a rights issue. Uh, you know, um, the the rights because Marvel had, uh, unlike DC, um, sold their their rights to different studios. Right. It was left so ambiguous as to who owned what. You know, because uh, Fox owns. Uh, and now Fox is going to become Disney, which, of course, owns the Marvel Universe. So hopefully everything will be under the same banner. Um, but uh, the Skrulls would have fallen under Fantastic Four because that's where they, they first originated. And right. I, loved, I always loved the Skrulls. 
they were cool looking they could they could change form um you know at first they they kind of looked very they were very they were drawn very short um but they were dangerous because you know they could they can morph into anything and you you right. so you know that's an idea that is you know to 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 have an alien invasion where you know people can where you don't know if they're aliens or not i mean we saw that as far back as the 19 you know as you know, the invasion of the body snatchers of course right. and, and the, the the tv series the invaders uh by erwin allen and of course you know later on in the 80s we saw v you know where they where they concealed themselves in, in masks and they were actually lizards so um I, I, I'm, I love the idea of the Skrulls being part of this. They were also Avenger enemies later on, too. And just the, the teaser pictures that came out months ago that had them just coming out of the water uh, was, was fantastic. You know, I kept on putting up that picture and said, these, these are, this is from Mortley Beach, you know, like my town, uh, right down two blocks from there. That, that's where they came from. So, um I, I'm really looking forward to the story. I think I think it'll add a lot, and um, I'm I'm positive it's going to tie into the ongoing Avenger movie storyline. Um, you know, I don't I don't think the scrolls will still be part of it, or maybe you know maybe they'll still be around. You know, for for part of this with with Thanos, because um, really Thanos was 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 a, a Captain Marvel, the original Captain Marvel kind of enemy. So, um, you know, the, the Marvel in particular seems to be doing quite well with their their sci-fi based uh, superheroes like the Guardians of the Galaxy and, and Captain Marvel fits into that. Um, you know, all they need to do is, is maybe try one more time with the Fantastic Four, um, you know, and, and see where they go, you know, if they could actually write it properly. Um, since the rights may, you know, be going back to Marvel and and, and Disney. Yes, very soon. And but, uh, uh, I heard that they're putting their R-rated stuff on uh, Hulu. Yeah, well, I I know that they uh, have just canceled. I think they've just they've just about canceled um, all their own their their Netflix. Uh, Series. Shows. I enjoyed those. Uh, yeah, shows so that and they were very popular. So I don't know if they'll be, you know, the, the, the whole idea is that Disney's going to have their own streaming service. So you know, it's it's it it it, it appears that they're going to, you know, be moving things over. They've um, announced two shows, Loki and Scarlet Witch, so far, to the best of my knowledge. That sounds very intriguing. That sounds very intriguing. I. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I know that uh, a lot of people were fans of Daredevil and, uh, and, and Power Man, Luke Cage. And uh-huh. uh, I, I, I think Iron Fist was a little lukewarm. It was, it was not necessarily received well. But um, I always thought that they would just pair off, just as they did in the comics, Luke Cage and, and Iron Fist together and make, you know, just one series. And then they would be kind of a buddy superhero you know team they were moving um, in that direction but then they canceled the show so uh yeah fortunate yeah so I, I i hope we see more um you know i know later on freeform is supposed to bring back the second season of cloak and dagger um 
I haven't and, seen uh, Have you seen it? I did, I did, and I, you know, they they, they uh, twisted a few things around, but I thought, uh, um, and we don't really see the costumes. We see we see more of Cloak, you know, looking like Cloak. Um, but um, you know, and they gave more backstory to to Cloak and Dagger, which didn't have a lot, you know, to begin with. So I, I thought it was done pretty well. I, I was pretty, uh, you know, I I stuck with that series. Um, and, and so I'm looking forward to that coming back. I'm not sure when, probably in the spring, it'll be back. And, um, you know, this, this is supposed to be the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I'm not sure how that, is, is how that will conclude. Uh, but I do know that uh, because Captain Marvel is, um, you know, sort of a, is set in the 1990s, uh, you know, uh, you know, Phil Coulson will be there. You know, he'll uh, yeah. he'll he'll be there at that time, and Nick Fury will be there, uh, much younger, with 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 two eyes, and and we'll see what ha- what happened to him. So, uh, who would you? you, know. you there, there has to be people saying a, a scroll, uh, who's uh, one of the heroes that we come to know uh, over this uh, story arc. Or uh, all the joining story arcs is actually a scroll, and people are uh, spending time on social media trying to uh, guess who that might be. Do you have? Do you believe that? And do you have any guesses? If so, um, well, I think that harkens back to the to the the actual storyline uh, of of a few years ago, where um, where you know that followed Civil War, they had a a, a, a big major storyline. Of of a betrayal, and it turned out that the Skrull Empress was actually Spider Woman. <laughs> so um, that won't be the way it is in the movies because we don't have Spider Woman, at least not yet in in in, in the movies. So um, that would be that would be very interesting to see if they did a had something like that, you know, that turned up, um, you know, and I don't know where it would turn up. If that would be part of the plot of. Uh, uh, Endgame, the, the next Avengers uh, movie, or uh, if that was planned for, for much later on. I don't, I don't know. But uh, again, the scrolls were always pretty devious. And um, there was also the Super Scroll that had the powers of, of the Fantastic Four. So, uh, you know, I don't know if we'll ever see him, but, uh, uh, you know. Uh, the scrolls have had an interesting history in, in Marvel. You know, they've had a civil war within their own empire. I think their planet blew up at one point, and they had to relocate or something like that. They've always been enemies with the Kree, uh, which is the race that um, you know provided Carol Danvers her powers. You know, that's not really a spoiler. That's that's pretty much known in the comics. So um, there, there was a, you know, we went to. Uh, um, Target the other day, and uh, there was a game that came out for Captain Marvel too, and I was surprised in reading what the game was about. It kind of gave the synopsis of what the movie was about, uh, including like all the turns. And uh, uh, so uh, now I'm wondering how closely the movie follows the description in the back of the game. Really, I'll have to check that out. I I know that you know this time of you know we're we're weeks away from. Um, the release of the movie. So of course, this is around the time we're going to start to see merchandise, you know, yes. 
you know, hit the, because they want everything in place so that, that the, the iron is hot, you know, and that people want to buy stuff, you know, as the movie's coming out or just before they even see it, you know, um, you know, everything, I haven't seen any, uh, you know, action figures yet from that line, although they, they've had a Captain Marvel, a tiny figure of her before and, and a, a much larger version of her in, uh, in the, what they called the, the deluxe, uh, you know, $20 version, you know, places like target and stuff. So. Yeah, I'm excited. And, uh, then, uh, um, the, uh, Endgame is coming out uh, very shortly after that, and then the Spider-Man Far From Home is coming out very shortly after yeah. that. Yeah, so. I believe Endgame is coming out in May, and uh, and Spider-Man is uh, back and out in theaters. They seem to, to always put him out in, in July. I believe that's the time period. And, and so for DC fans, the other Captain Marvel comes out, I think was very funny, uh, by coincidence, um, you know, in April, you know, uh, just right after Captain Captain Marvel, um, you know, Shazam. So, uh, yeah, that that you know, one I think like, like with Venom, I, I waited till Venom came out on DVD and saw it. I enjoyed it, you know, it, um, but it wasn't yeah uh, um, you know, as epic as some of the other DC and Marvel movies. Uh, but I, I had a good time. I'm looking forward to watching Spider-Verse when it comes out on DVD, and uh, I'll probably catch uh, the DC Captain Marvel on DVD as well. Uh, the Marvel, the three movies, I can't wait to see them in the theaters. Yeah. I was surprised how well Venom did, because I, I didn't have high expectations for it since it was going to be, you know, you're taking a Spider-Man villain, and, and he's like, you know, a standalone and and you're kind of trying to make him an anti-hero. You were trying to make him, you know, kind of kind of focus on the same audience that you would have for uh, uh, Deadpool, and um, you know, with with a, a little bit of comedy and, and and really Venom is 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 a a pretty rough character, you know. Um, yes. But I was I, I you know I was entertained by it. I wasn't overblown by it, but I was surprised mm-hmm. that they did quite as well as they yeah, did, you know. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was a fun you know, movie, but again, it wasn't, it, it didn't leave me breathless uh, the same way uh, Infinity Gauntlet or Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, know. yeah. Oh, it, it was definitely more gritty. Um, and then they, they, they were pretty confident because they already gave a, you know, an end credit, you know, preview of uh, who's going to be next. Um you know, and then the 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 next villain is uh, Carnage, which is a, a another symbiote type alien. Yes, so. Woody Harrelson seemed perfect for the part. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, my only my only uh, sadness of that is they've deprived future Spider-Man. Uh, you know, those would have been made good villains for. You know, for, for Spider-Man, yeah. which, which is where, where where they belonged in the first place. Um, well, of course, the new Spider-Man so movie is going to have Mysterio for the first time. We've never yes, seen awesome. Mysterio uh, utilized in or you know uh, on the big screen. You know. Now, since we're talking about all these movies and everything, uh, and we we uh, talked a little bit about what's going on with uh, the Challenger in the months ahead, uh, I'm going to bounce off of you. 
uh, basically what's going to be unfolding uh, here with our own, you know, uh, uh, Star Trek uh, um, experience here locally in Bergen County. Um, right now we have this show. So this show will continue and you and I are going to have a conversation about structuring it a little bit uh, differently uh, so mm-hmm. that it could better serve uh, District 7. And uh, then um, I relaunched a group that I'd started on Facebook. So the people who are interested in becoming a part of it, you know, can just go there uh, to, uh, to get news and information and so forth. So uh, I don't have to keep repeating it on the show. And uh, um, from that, we'll launch a RPG that people can play on Facebook. And this will be similar to the Greek mythology one I currently run. And this will basically be Greek mythology in outer space, you know. So uh, um, I'm going to tie the story for the club and the story for the RPG into decades worth of uh, uh, fan activity and writing and uh, um, uh all sorts of stuff that ties in uh, to Greek mythology and science fiction, especially uh, Star Trek. So it's going to have a very rich history. I'm going to have to retcon a lot of it uh, to fit into this new storyline, but that's nothing new. Uh, We've retconned things uh, several times, most recently when we did uh, the Time Wars, when we did Mythic Atlantis. Mm -hmm. Um, I talked to the library. We're going to have a meeting there once a month. Uh, and then there will be a uh, retro science fiction once a month that will tie into that uh, as well. Um, and oh, uh, we are going to have available during both of those uh, science fiction books that people can donate so they can, people can buy them inexpensively um, at the uh, library if they're science fiction fans. And the proceeds mm-hmm. will go to support the uh, Friends of the Crescue Library, which in turn supports uh, STEM programs. So um, oh, that's, that's one of the activities we do. And uh, I'm going to restart. I used to have like a UFO club there uh, for people who are interested in uh, UFOs. That too, those books will also support the Friends of the Kreska Library. And it's been my experience that lots of uh, Trekkies that I meet or Trekkers are into UFOs uh, and mysteries. And a lot of uh, UFO folks are into Star Trek. So uh, <laughs> hoping to bridge those audiences a little bit uh, Uh, in the uh, near future. And uh, then, like we had Mythic Atlantis, we're planning on doing other Mythic Atlantis. So right now, (coughs) we're planning for 2020 for that. And that'll be like a a Babel, whichever way you want to pronounce it. And between now and then, uh, we're going to have like a dinner and invite everybody from Star Trek who wants to play with us. And we'll all go eat some food and have a a meeting and like plan something out that will last a year or three. Uh, that we could all, uh, you know, participate in. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Sounds like you've got a, a lot of uh, ambitious plans ahead. Yeah, we're putting a lot of time into it. And tonight, after we finish, uh, we're going to have our scholars from the edge of time, Nicholas uh, Dyack and Michelle Brittany. Uh, they're both uh, authors. They published many books and edited many books. And uh, um, they're interested in playing in this universe, too. Uh, so th- they're going to help uh, spark off all the creative writing efforts. Uh, and then we're going to have some of our members, uh, Tina and Brian Chandler, um, uh, Phoenix the Techno Druid, and Thomas Punton, um, who all live far away, but they're going to be participating on the ship uh, virtually. 
and uh, Thomas has played in the uh, Greek mythology role-playing games. He's going to help me um, spark off the Star Trek one because you know he he knows the format I used and he he's able to uh, do very well with it. And uh, so he'll help me start the Star Trek thing. So uh, after tonight, we'll be all set to start implementing things. So uh, March and April, uh, we're going to be up and running. Oh, that's fantastic. <coughs> and then our next thing is going to be uh, interacting with uh, the star fleets in the area and the uh, admiralty of District 7 and, you know, and onwards from there. Sounds great, because I know, you know, a, a number of events will, will cross over for that 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 all members of the region are are more than welcome to attend you know uh your neighbors uh the USS Justice and uh yes. uh not sure what the Avengers planning uh, in the new year so far but uh you know we we have five chapters we'll have five chapters in uh, New Jersey again so uh, you know counting you guys so um you know it's it's it looks like it'll be an exciting year and I still haven't decided a name for the ship. It'll either be the Argo or the Olympia, um, but it's still the Pride of Olympus. That's uh, it's the flagship for the Olympian. So that the, the Pride of Olympus is uh, uh, the overtitle. But uh, um, I haven't decided between those two things what I'm going to call the the ship itself, or uh, if I need to call it anything other than Pride of Olympus. I can just weave the Argo and the Olympia into the mythology of the ship. Mm-hmm. Have you gone to the uh, to the website yet? Because I I um, I know the the documentation actually you can get from uh, www.sfi.org, uh, and I I've been meaning to send you a link to that, but I I thought maybe you might have checked out the the website yeah. and, and might have find it, found it. It's been uh, very uh, busy here, uh, and uh, yeah, I know the feeling. I know I definitely know the feeling, and uh, perhaps I could uh, perhaps I could send you that link to, uh, tomorrow because uh, I, I I have a feeling that uh, I had today off due to the to the holiday, but I think I may end up taking a sick day tomorrow, and uh, you know trying to to shake this thing off before I go back to work and, and spread my germs there. So. Uh, I think I'll be uh, spending the moments where I'm not, uh, you know, uh, unconscious, um, you know, before my laptop and, uh, you know, I'll check a few things out and I'll, I'll be able to send that to you. I have a long last. So. And like I said, I have a long list of people. I'm going to kind of do the uh, six at a time. Um, using the the family and friends thing, the where you mm-hmm. uh, like enter people like six at a time. So I'm just going to do it six uh, at a time, and as soon as they're processed, I'll do another six. But I have uh, like 50 people who had expressed an interest. So uh, um, if I can get them all on board by the, <coughs> end, by the end of the year, I think that'd be great. We'll have something really good going. Yeah, and and it sounds like you you know a lot of people have you know, side interests that coincide, you know, like, uh, um, you know, like the UFOs that you mentioned, like the, the classic sci-fi, uh, films. I mean, you know, uh, uh, people, you know, 
like that kind of genre. And, uh, you know, it, 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 Star Trek, I always said, you know, brought people, you know, bring originally brought us together. But, you know, yeah. we, we then we then see like, oh, you're into that, too. And, you know, like so many different things, like be it the Marvel movies, be it, Ren, you know, going to Ren fairs, be it, you know, in your case, like mythology and things like that. It It just, you know, it just opens the door to so many other common interests that uh, we all appreciate, you know, comic books, uh, different, different films, you know, um, things like that. And I have boxes and boxes and boxes of comics uh, from my own collection and from when we had the store in Pennsylvania. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with all those, because um, some of them I'm still interested in, like the more cosmic and metaphysical comics and the barbarians. Uh, but a lot of the other stuff, I'm not, not really you know that interested in. I haven't touched them in 20 years, so there's no reason, uh, unless somebody does something really cool with them <laughs> in the near future, there's no reason to think I'm going to be reading those again. So um, we might do like a comic thing at the uh, library as well. That sounds cool. Uh, I, I know that that's one of my back burner projects up in, you know, and, and they probably shouldn't be up in the attic. Uh, but uh-huh. some of them are protected in boxes or totes. But but um, between what I was able to save from Superstorm Sandy, uh, what was generously given to me by others who were getting rid of their their stuff, um, which I haven't had a chance to to read, much less catalog. Um, you know, I have to go through a lot of stuff and actually put them in some kind of order, put them in a box, put put you know like put them all together. Um, and, uh, some of the boxes that I was, was, was nice, you know, given, and I appreciate that, you know, we're, are, are not always in the best condition. So I've got a, you know, I, I noticed the other day that one is kind of breaking and, you know, I, I've, the attic is, is turned into a total mess. And so of course my wife has given me an ultimatum, like to, to, to get things, you know, um, into some kind of order so that, that we're, that when we go up there, we're not uh, risking life and limb, you know, to uh, to move around. Plus, we probably do have too many holiday decorations. Um, we're we're doing know, the but, same thing right now, too. The holiday decorations and the stuff in the attic and stuff in the basement and uh, bringing stuff up and organizing it and making piles. And uh, it's yeah. difficult to things, even if things aren't in the best of condition. Uh, so we're, we're encountering that uh, resistance, too. But we're we're making some progress here. My last time up there, which was I think last weekend, I swore like, "Oh, I'm I'm tired of this." The the next weekend, I'm making a point to to be up there the, you know, the whole day and starting to at least move some of the stuff around so there's not this middle aisle that uh, you know that I have to navigate through. And of course, this weekend between the nasty cold and the the literal nasty cold, you know, it was freezing up there. So um, right. my, my wife said, "You're you're not doing it this weekend. Forget it. You're you're sick as a dog. It, you know, and it, it and you'll freeze up there anyway, even if you weren't. So uh, you're going to postpone that, you know, to another time. But uh, you know, but uh, and then all that, I realized. Oh, Valentine's Day came and went, and I never did go up. And like Valentine's Day, we only have like two totes of stuff um, uh-huh. of, of little." Chotskis and and cutesy things like that, which um, I didn't even get up there to to put down. You know, Valentine's Day came and went, and there was no, you know. Plus, we now have 
uh, two two tiny uh, uh, puppies who love to chew things and two cats who, uh, you know, older cats that also love to chew things and, and, and knock things over. So maybe it was just as well that I didn't, you know, decorate this year. So... <laughs> But, uh, but what can you do? That's what. Uh, yeah. You, you yeah. Can do. Well, so, my our one puppy has the Guardians of the Galaxy, a little uh, a little sweater that has Guardians of the Galaxy on it. I thought that was cute. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So. Um, I, I'm looking forward to, uh, I guess uh, it's difficult to get Wayne on a Monday, uh, having a telephone conversation or a, a personal message conversation with uh, Wayne. Uh, yeah. Wayne was a very big part of, uh, like, he, when we were Klingons, uh, I think Wayne was first Starfleet and then was a Klingon or vice versa. And then uh, when uh, I tried starting my own Star Trek universe, it was like trying to shop it around to different uh um, like Paramount and uh, other places. Um, Wayne was a part of that. You know, we had like a fan club going before we even sold the property and we never got our own stolen property, but we had like fun fan stuff for like a year and a half. And uh, um, now he's part of this uh, story. So it'd be great to uh, exchange ideas with him. He came to Mythic Atlantis with you. So uh, um, it'd be great to start uh, dreaming with him as well and see if we can do something really. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Wayne, uh, this, this marked the 12th year for, for their chapter, their chapter, uh, shuttled off of us. I, I met Wayne during his Klingon days. And then later, a few years later, um, he was an independent Federation ship. It wasn't connected to Starfleet. I, I could be remembering uh-huh. this wrong, but I think it was the relentless, um, you know, based in, in, in New York area. And then, uh, then sometime later he, uh, he decided to, uh, you know, return to fandom and, uh, start, um, the, um, the Britannic. And, uh, mm-hmm. since he knew me, it was, it was sponsored over of, of the, uh, the challenger. And, um, yeah. And then, uh, when we, when we were, when I was considering running again for region coordinator and, my wife and my crew said, uh, no, we would prefer that you, we don't want to share you being the CEO and the RC again, as you did years ago. Uh, I talked Wayne into running. And so, uh, I became his VRC and he became the RC and my God, it's been over. You know, we're, we're now into our like 10th year as, as, you know, wow. as a team for that time, time goes by, you know, uh, very fast. So, uh, um, but but Wayne is excited too because uh, he just um, they just changed the the look and the logo of his uh, of his chapter. It's now a um, let me get this right or, or when Wayne hears this he'll kill me. I think it's an ambassador uh, class or is it an Andromeda class? Could be an Andromeda class. Uh, but he's got a new spiffy logo that uh, was touched up by uh, you know Todd was on the show uh you know uh uh two months ago and uh who's you know who's a very talented graphic artist so Todd Todd touched it up and uh and made a different um uh, design and uh you know yeah, it looks really nice. Yeah, and, he, and he's got a fictional uh 
story connected to that too. He, he's, uh, you know, there's an explanation of how they went through a time rift or something because, you know, because the ship was was designed at a certain point. And I mean, he was next gen. He was a galaxy like Challenger. So. Uh huh. So, uh, but I think this design is from the online game, which may have, you know jumped a, a few decades more or something like that. I don't know. But uh, Wayne can explain it better. I, I'll, I'll leave that to Wayne. And, you know, that'll be a good conversation for you guys to have on the show. I'll be, um, yeah, I'll be getting ready for that. And uh, before we wrap up for tonight, because we're almost at the end of our uh, journey uh, today. Um, oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. Now, there's been a lot of new rumors about the the Star Trek universe and a lot of new information coming out about the rights to uh, different parts of the Star Trek saga and how uh, a lot of the confusion is because of uh, these rights issues. Uh, The Picard show is not going to take place in the uh, um, Prime universe, nor is, despite what they're saying, uh, nor is uh, the uh, discovery happening in the prime universe because uh, of, of rights uh, issues. I, I don't know. Um, I do know that um, the the meme that I put on our Facebook page, which I thought was a legitimate uh, picture of the card, and I was excited about it because it did say CBS All Access. And it had right. him in a next-gen uniform, and it looked like it was a current picture of of uh, Patrick Stewart uh, with with a, a, a goatee, and it had the admiral's bars. I at, at, we discussed this at our our last meeting, and uh, it was brought up that that picture may have actually you know, and it was called Star Trek Destiny, which I thought was a great name for the show, you know, it, to me, it all seemed legit, you know, and, and, and I, I try to be one of those people that before I post anything, uh, I try to verify first, but this, this one, you know, and I, I, um, I did take it from another source that seemed like it was legit. I saw it showing up at other places and I thought, uh, which may have even been a Starfleet source. So I thought, well, this, this is exciting. This is, you know, plus I put it out there and nobody up to that point said, Oh, Bob, by the way, you know, this, this was just created by another fan, you know, as their, their look at what it might be. But now I'm, I'm, I've been told that maybe that wasn't, you know, um, you know, that that's, that they haven't started filming yet at that time. So there's no way they could have been doing publicity still stuff like that. But, uh, from, from what I've heard, I've, I've not heard that, like Picard has to be in the prime universe. Right. And I, and I have heard that it would be at a time after the Romulan homeworld was, you know, was destroyed um, because that did happen in the universe before, you know, Um, I mean, I look at the Kelvin verse as a different, you know, not just an alternate timeline. I, I look at that as a whole alternate universe. Yeah, um, things changed. I, I think that in, in the existing, I don't think things changed in what we consider the prime universe, like Vulcan's still around there. Um, you know, whereas Romulus is still in the Kelvin verse. Cause of course that was, you know, much earlier in history anyway. So that wouldn't have happened. Right. But, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, they're going to explore what becomes, but 
you know, what Picard's life is now. And I think along the way, we're going to find out, um, you know, what became of characters like Troy and Riker and Data. Uh, even if we may not see them, I think there will be references. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still very excited about that show. I, I, um, I, I don't know exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're going to start to see some things in there. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure where you heard that they weren't part of the Prime Universe, but it's, it, it's so confusing right now. Um, right. I, I don't know if we're going to see. One thing I really have uh, doubts of is, are we going to see the Kelvin burst again? Because as right. I, I think I mentioned in the last, our last program together, um, the sad news that. Um, there's no Star Trek four, you know, or, or fourth Kelvin verse movie planned um, right. with the, with the, uh, with uh, Christopher Pine and uh, Chris Hemsworth's um, right. departure from the project. And I don't think with all due respect to Chris Hemsworth who played, you know, George Kirk and uh, you know, in, in the first movie, uh, I don't think his departure would have, canceled the movie because they could have recast him or changed the story, but you just can't do, you, you really at this stage, three movies in, uh, I, I just don't think you can recast, uh, you know, the star of the movie. Uh, and that's Christopher Pine. And, uh, you know, so I, 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 I'm very disappointed about that because I, I did like those movies. I, 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 uh, I thought they were different. Um, I thought they were still part of Star Trek lore, um, you know, and they did help to kickstart the, the franchise back up again yes, uh, after, you know, after, uh, and, and I, and I really think it was more Enterprise's lackluster, uh, you know, uh, ending than Nemesis's failure at the box office that, that kind of cooled things down for Star Trek. Um but, uh, but you know, the fandom base was always out there, and uh, we knew it was going to come back, you know, at, at some point in time. Um, you know, it's, it's probably not how we would have chosen to see Star Trek revived on the big screen, but that's what happened. Right. It, it, it did have the flash. It did go after the younger audience. They did pick J.J. Abrams, who, who you know, wasn't really a fan of the, of the movie. So, you know... Uh, we probably discussed this before, but he, you know, he gave it his own slant. So, right. um, whereas Star Wars, which he was a fan of, and George Lucas is still alive, he was much more, um, you know, he wanted to uh, be more faithful to that property. So. So anyway, it continues. And thanks again for being on the show, Bob. Um, I hope you feel better. I've included a link to your um, Facebook page, to the Challengers Facebook page, to uh, the uh, Starfleet International website, and to the Challengers website. Is there any other type of contact information you'd like me to include? Uh, you can always email me at beamaboard, all one word, at AOL.com, or USSChallengerCO at gmail.com. And uh, you can always visit us on our Facebook page, USS Challenger. Beam aboard at gmail.com? At AOL.com. 
and uh, and um, uh, at I'm a one finger typist AOL.com and uh, the other one is USS Challenger all one word um, CO at the end at gmail.com okay at uh, gmail.com okay the contact information is now on the uh, Facebook timeline uh, for anybody who wants to contact Bob uh, you have all the ways that you can currently contact him thank you very much uh, feel better thank you. and I'll thank talk you. to you very soon we'll be in touch take care thanks again you too. Uh, we're going to listen to a quick song, Bone Post Orchestra's Evolve, and then we'll be back with our scholars from the edge of time, Nicholas Dyack and Michelle Brittany.
to hear that. Uh, are you alone tonight, Michelle, or is Nicholas there? No, I'm here next to, to Michelle. Uh, things are okay. going okay. It's been a little lately, a little cold, but things aren't so bad. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, here the same. It's been a little colder than uh, usual of late, um, but uh, the weather is very unpredictable and uh, wondering what it's going to be like over the next uh, couple of days and couple of weeks. So I, any new creative projects you guys would care to share? Oh, sure. Uh, I turned in my uh, cyberpunk industrial music article yesterday. So it's awesome. nice to get that off my plate. And now I've uh, dived into my next project, which I alluded to last week, which is the uh, Lovecraft uh, Vinegar Seek Carnival Less One. Yes. <laughs> How is that coming along? Uh, well, I bought the tree paperback to vinegar piece, and I'm rereading it, and it's been a hoot because I'm picking a lot of uh, charity I didn't pick it before. Uh huh. Yeah, you. you yeah. Both uh, have me interested in tiki's now. Uh yeah. Both Michelle and I were recently in a, a tiki magazine. I've been in a couple so far. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I know Tiki culture. I've uh, I've uh, fallen into. Uh, I'm hoping that perhaps in the next year or so I can maybe do a book on Tiki culture. In fact, I'm awesome. uh, doing an essay on uh, Lovecraft and Tiki culture. That sounds very fascinating. And uh, Michelle, how about you? Are you involved in any new projects? Um, I will be shortly. Uh, we are up on the horror studies uh, book that we've been working on for the past uh, number of months uh, that's going out the door at the end and um, I have uh, picked up some research materials 
um, I'm going to be revisiting Garth Ennis' uh, face horror comic called Calcium. And okay. I'm revisiting uh, a presentation I gave a couple of years ago. Um, I'm going to be giving it at uh, the Ann Radcliffe Academic Conference uh, later in May. And I'm actually hoping to also get it published uh, at one of the journals or magazines that I'm familiar with. That's probably the biggest thing that's on my plate at the moment. Did I miss anything? So awesome yeah. things and yeah. uh, new directions and uh, larger frontiers. Uh, that is awesome. Yeah. How about you? Um, I'm pretty excited. Um, I'm working on a, a comic book. Um, that uh, um, Ryan Foley, he'd approached me with an idea, and it, it, I thought about it for a long time, and it, it was very unique and interesting. So uh, um, I said yes. So now I just need to move uh, forward and budget time so that I can focus on it. Uh, and the same with uh, Gilbert Gallo. Uh, he's a game designer from uh, Italy, and um he and I have been speaking for a while, and we actually started working on it last year, and then uh, life uh, interfered, um, a role-playing game uh, that is also – so I'm really excited about those two things. So uh, I'm definitely uh, – those are two things that I have uh, uh, committed myself to, although I'm slow in the start. Uh, and then uh, I, I'm looking forward to publishing more anthology uh, articles this year. And I'm looking forward to working on a project with both of you uh, at some point. Uh, real quick about your comic book. Sure. Are you familiar with the, the work of, I think his name is Scott Cloud or Scott McCloud? Scott McCloud. Scott McCloud. No, no. He, he has no, a I'm couple not. books up uh, about how to make comic books. In fact, it's, He's basically the definitive resource. If you want to get into making a comic book, either writing it or drawing it or both. Uh, hold on, okay. Michelle's going to grab it. But if you're diving into the world of comics, you need to look up uh, this book. But the author is Scott McCloud, and he's basically the, the realizer of the comics. Oh, awesome. I will definitely look into him uh, after we finish uh, today. And uh, thank you for that uh, information. Uh, uh, Ryan, oh, here's, he's here's. Uh, published several uh, graphic novels and uh, um, about Greek mythology. He, he did a He-Man one. So uh, uh, he's done like a lot of uh, interesting uh, things that uh, you know, fit into uh, uh, what my areas of interest and focus are. So uh, I'm looking forward to working with him. Yeah, it's called Understand Comics. The Invisible Art by Scott McCloud. And the funny thing is the book is actually a comic book itself. Uh, I found uh, one of my, I was looking through my comics uh, earlier this week. I have a lot of comics. So I'm trying to figure out what to do with them at, the, at this point. But uh, I had something from the author of Cerebus, the Aardvark, uh, that also told you how to self-publish uh, comics. So, uh um, I started uh, looking through that as well. Cool. cool. Well, good luck on your adventure. Um, I think you know that Michelle is the uh, the reviews editor, uh, manager, journal of graphics. 
and we both do writing for fan base press, so we're very much you know, pro comics and, and that as a an art form. I, I will have to uh, uh, pick your minds for your wisdom when I'm further along uh, this path, <laughs> because this is a. No, I, I've no. been oddly enough, I've been in comic books before. I've inspired characters in comic books, uh, and I've been both credited and uncredited. Uh, some of the comics uh, in the major comic book companies uh, actually um, mirrored very closely things that I was doing, you know, publicly uh, at the time. Uh, and then I found out that some of the people who uh, produced that comic lived in Creskill, where I'm, where I'm very active. So that's where that came from. Uh, and other, I, I've been contacted by people saying that I was the inspiration for certain characters. So I've been in comic books uh, before, but not as myself. So this is like a new, uh, uh, a new adventure. Uh, well, good luck on that good journey. On journey. Thank you. It, it, I'm really excited about it. Um, now, I would like to do something with both of you as well. And uh, you're both very creative and you're both very busy. Um, so uh, I don't know where to even start exploring that. Uh, so we're, doing, we're going to be working together on the Star Trek uh, things. And uh, I started a uh, Greek mythology role-playing game a while ago, and then I restarted it um, just to get the format down. And some of the people from that are coming over to the um, science fiction one. Um, so uh, uh, we'll have the science fiction role-playing up within a month or so. And, uh, but I don't feel that that's what we'll be writing together, although we might do some writing uh, on that particular uh, thread. Uh, but I'm open to ideas, and uh, I have several of my own. So uh, someday soon we'll have a conversation about that. No worries. We'll get it all sussed out. You had a, an idea for an anthology of your own a, a year or so ago. and uh, Yes. No, yeah. it'll be an awesome on something. That's another shelled thing for now. Uh, I found as I move through life that uh, if something doesn't seem to be moving, to shelve it for a while, and then its time might not be that time, and then later on it'll take off and uh, bear fruit. But but um, I, I always work on like uh, 10 or 12 things at once. So uh, I've learned that if I do that, uh, two or three of them will get accomplished within a very short time, and the rest will happen at various points uh, as I move through life. Uh, no worries, though. I mean, I think Michelle and I, we keep a, a logbook of all the projects we want to work on and the ones that we're working on. And every time we realize something, you know, find new projects to get to. Yep, yep. I like having lots of projects hanging in the air because there's always something to, you know, to work on. And uh, sometimes inspiration strikes at the strangest uh, times. And uh, uh, something that was going nowhere all of a sudden uh, opens up the door to many possibilities and uh, um, everything that was um, strenuous uh, to get to before now comes easily and flows right into the project and it comes to life again. Well, I've got a couple of projects in my that I definitely want to reach out to you on, but that'll be a little bit later. Okay. I, I look forward to it, and when the time is right, it, it will happen. Um, sure. Sure. Now, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we have. Yeah, here we have a bit of a, a, the the sound cuts off every now and then on my end. I don't know if you're getting that on your end. 
and uh, when we started the show tonight, we had like tremendous amounts of echoes and things that took a while to sort out. So I hope that doesn't happen again. No, we're good right now. We're good right now. Um, now, I recently um, uh, came across my copy of Rifts. Hey, are you familiar with that role-playing game? I've never I've played never it, but played I know it. of it. It's one of those legacy games like GURPS, Rifts, yes. Borg, in addition. You know, Rifts, its big thing was being able to, uh, if I'm not mistaken, have a whole bunch of different, like, uh, systems working together, but it's been a long time. I've never played Rift, but I've always been interested by it. Yeah, I met uh, Kevin Zambeda when I had my television show years ago. I interviewed him at uh, uh, The Complete Strategist, which is a game store in New York. Um, so I got to meet him and uh, um, learned a lot uh, from him and uh, about him, um, but uh, I've never actually played the system um, I at one point had a lot of the different books. Now I'm uh, trying to reacquire them, but it is kind of like an anything goes system like GURPS, you know, where you have like a basic mechanic uh, and if yeah. you master yeah. the basic mechanic, you can play all the different games. And then each game has uh, modifiers that uh, make the mechanic more appropriate to the setting. And in Rifts, you could mix and match the, the settings. It, it was like about uh, like in Rick and Morty, uh, which Ryan Foley turned me on to, to recently. Um, I, I wasn't aware of that show until uh, I talked to him, and now I've been watching it. Um, the humor is a little cruder than I'm comfortable with sometimes, uh, but the concept is brilliant. So uh, I've been uh, learning from that show. But it's that concept, basically, that uh, you know there are rips in space and time, that sometimes these things happen uh, of themselves, and sometimes they can be activated, and you can go into alternate dimensions, uh, uh, back and forth in history. You can go into outer space. You can go, you know, there's all sorts of, uh, uh, it leaves it open to your imagination. Uh, so uh, um, as I've been watching Rick and Morty, I've been getting more and more into uh, rifts and just uh, opening my mind. And um, uh, I was thinking of incorporating some elements of that into the Star Trek that we'll be doing. So a quick so, side note. note. Sure. Since Rick and Morty's kind of weird. Uh, I know. Rick and Morty is kind of weird for you. I do think it's kind of funny coming from the work of Stormwinter. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. You you think it's funny that what? I'm sorry. Oh, because you used to work with trauma stuff. Yes. <laughs> But I've gotten older, and I guess I've gotten, uh, I don't know. Uh, um, yeah, I used to work with trauma, and I was very comfortable with uh, a lot of things. That It's not who I am anymore. It's not who I've been for very many uh, years, uh, decades, in fact. So, um, yeah, I, I found it strange, too. Um, recently, a friend wrote a book and asked me to review it, uh, and I had the same type of reaction. You know, he had a lot of uh, stuff in there. And uh, he reminded me, too, of my trauma days. And uh, you know, said, so, well, I'm not, I'm not the same person, I, think, I guess. Well, no, I was just uh, joshing. I, I, I've always find your old uh, New York adventures very uh, inspiring and fun to hear about. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, do you and, like as the more 
You know, I've seen a couple episodes of Rick and Morty, and I'm actually in the same camp as you, where it's it's a cool idea of all the dimension and planetary hopping that, you know, the granddad and the do. But I do think that consumers are How about you, Michelle? What are your thoughts on Rick and Morty? <laughs> I've never seen I'm, I'm a Yeah, I'd never seen it until recently either. Um, and uh, I, I, one other thing I want to bring up, real, real. Sure. Michelle and I, we're friends with an RPG designer named uh, Daniel Delisle. We'll have to get you in contact with her if you're interested in like learning more about RPGs and stuff. But she's a game designer. Oh, awesome. Yes, Gilbert is a game designer, too. Uh, he published uh, the uh, game uh, Mythos and uh, uh, Olympus Inc., and uh, I think they made a LARP out of his system as well. I know that uh, Daniel has worked on, not, I don't want to say sword and sandal stuff, but it's definitely historic, epic, like Arabian night type stuff. So we'll have to send you her contact details. Oh, I would love that. Um, sure. Yeah, the the because those are the directions I seem to be pulled uh, into. Just like politics is something that is pulling me at this particular point, so I'm trying to follow these uh, these paths that resonate with me at this particular point in time, and those are the ones that are resonating. And um, uh, in addition to the science fiction, also a lot of the paranormal stuff. I used to investigate the paranormal. I used to do all sorts of things. So. Uh, lately, I've been feeling the the pull to do those things again, and uh, so far, like seven people locally want to join me in exploring these mysteries. So uh, uh, that's another activity that I'm starting up uh, as well. Uh, Hercules, I wanted to bring something out in the morning. Um, I am part of, as well as Nicholas, uh, the Sword and Sorcery and Weird Fiction Terminus. It's uh, a zine uh, group that we're both members of. And um, in this packet that we just got of zine, uh, one of the individuals wrote about uh, Dan Harmon, who is the creator writer of Rick and Morty. Uh-huh. And the reason why seen it is because um, he uh, uses a narrative methodology called the story circle um so i'm thinking you might be interested in that i'll send you the details uh offline you know i appreciate that thank you michelle and nicholas has sent me something about uh um that uh periodical in the group uh, not too long ago and i explored the website so thanks to both of you oh you're very welcome Now, um, I'm sorry, Nicholas. Oh, what's on your mind for tonight? Well, tonight we only have a few more minutes. <laughs> so I, I apologize. Um, but uh, just to catch up with each other and also to restart the planetary adventures and the um, uh, ancient Egyptian mysteries. So uh, well, I would like to get that like on a schedule again, like we had it before. 
um, because those were awesome episodes. No worries. Uh, Michelle and I, we actually crafted some characters earlier today that we awesome. wouldn't mind running for your uh, Star Trek uh, adventures. So I think we're kind of aligned for, uh, you know, just some polish and, you know, connecting with what next steps are. But I think we're kind of ready to dive in. Yeah, and I awesome. think hearing, uh, hearing about rifts, um, it's actually very helpful because of the time travel and things like that. And I feel like I can do um, a bit more now with my character. I have a little bit more uh-huh. of a, of a, what I want to do. Um, I've got the name and a little bit of the tributes and talents and stuff, but now I feel like I've got more of a playing field, uh, understanding kind of the concept a bit more. And you know, Bookman had some used wrist books on sale. Oh, well, then we got to go. <laughs> uh, okay, awesome. Well, the right spot there. You guys are already, I think, in the Star Trek RPG group that uh, I like set it up a while ago, and I, I believe that you're both in there. So that's where we're going to be um, interacting on that type of stuff for now, and then I'm going to move the RPG into a separate group. Um, and okay. Uh, okay. basically, the the story I've shared it before, but I'll, I'll share it uh, again. Um, it originally came by, I wanted to do something with the Marvel uh, Hercules and Olympus, a role-playing game. And uh, again, nothing was coming of that. Nobody seemed interested. So then I, I switched to uh, including that in a Thor uh, and Asgard Marvel role-playing game. This was like way, way back in the, I guess, uh, late 70s. Um, and then uh, that didn't go anywhere. So I, I had... Uh, something on Klingons and people responded to that. So I started a Klingon uh, role-playing game and uh, that eventually led to a decades long journey of uh, uh, fandom and writing and uh, um, TV and doing all sorts of stuff. And it was one big interconnected uh, story. And then like the DC and the Marvel universe has got so cluttered that we like retconned it a few times and we kind of like had our crisis of infinite uh, earths and um, you know, we kind of like rebooted the story a few times, most recently, like half a decade ago uh, when we had the, um, our time wars. And uh, so, you know, basically I'm going to retell the story. It's not going to be the exact same story again, obviously, but it'll be based on a lot of what happened. And I'll be slowly releasing that information in the group. Well, let us know how we can uh, definitely, because if I'm not mistaken, they're running RPG. Yeah, it's it's going to be an RPG. Uh, it's going to be the, the same as the Greek mythology one for now. There aren't going to be stats or anything, as long as I have an idea of what people can and can't do. Um, I have my own method of determining like outcomes. And it'll be like a turn base with a turn every uh, uh, two weeks or so where there'll be like a document and then people react to the document and then I'll process the information and make another document. And this way the story continues. I think uh, we're in the thirties with the chapters for the Greek mythology one already. Okay, cool. No, no, that, that sounds, it sounds like the old model of play by mail method. Yes, so we're down no, exactly. That. I used to and, do that back I in the day. Sorry. 
Um, I went back and I, I actually looked at your Greek mythology story that you have going on. I think you're in chapter 34. So I was yeah, looking at okay. how responded uh, with their kind of like, well, this is the action I'm going to take based on this scenario. So right. that makes sense. Yeah. And alas, cool. our time has finished for today. Um, thank you so much for coming on, and I'm looking forward to collaborating with both of you um, on future episodes of the show, on the role-playing game, and on whatever else uh, pops into uh, the equation. You're awesome people, very creative, very smart, and uh, I love your sense of humor. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Well, sorry for sidetracking in this evening, but being on and we always... Uh... Uh, appreciate hearing from you, sir. And thank you for your interest. And uh, we got a lot of information out. And uh, it, again, reinforced that half an hour is too short for both of you. <laughs> so uh, my apologies <laughs> there. No worries. Well, we hope you have a great rest of the evening, sir. Thank you, sir. And I will post uh, all the links. I, right now, I got your Facebook links up. Uh, during the musical interlude, I will post... Uh, um, your websites and your Amazon and so forth. Thank you so much, Hercules. We hope you have a week. Thank you so much to both of you, uh, Nicholas and Michelle, and I hope you have a wonderful week as well. Thank okay, you. We're gonna, okay, we're going to play Bone Poets Orchestra Oracle, and then we'll be back for the last uh, um, half hour of the episode.
Welcome back to Voice of Olympus, our Starfleet adventure. Uh, we are here with lots of our crew members uh, in this last half hour. Uh, and uh, just to get things uh, rolling, and uh, then we're going to increase the length of the show so that we can give everybody lots of time. Uh, greetings and welcome, everybody. How are you doing? Not too bad. How are you? Uh, doing great. Uh, I'm guessing we have... Um, Phoenix, and uh, do we have Thomas here? Okay, Thomas isn't here, and we have uh, Brian and Tina. Is that correct? We're here. Reporting for duty, sir. Awesome. (laughs) I salute you. Um, uh, Now, we're going to, we'll see if Thomas uh, comes, but we'll start. Um, and Tina and Brian, Brian, welcome to our show. It's great to have Thank you here. You. Glad to be here. Let's learn about the Starfleet that you guys are involved with uh, down where you are. 
because uh, uh, I would like to join that as well and bridge the two Starfleets in our interactions. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at him going, okay, you can open your mouth. And he's like, oh, I'm gone. Okay. <laughs> well, as I explained in the last show, um, our group was a part of UFP, but we're kind of more or less on hiatus because, as of course, time went on and things have gone on. Most of our group has kind of moved away, moved on, passed beyond. So there really okay. not a lot of left down here. But our uh, ship is the USS Odyssey. It is a uh, USS 71832. Um, it's actually an NX, I should say, NX 71832. It is a Odyssey-class dreadnought named in honor of the first Starfleet ship that was destroyed that uh, went into the wormhole. And the I'm sorry, it was destroyed in the gamble client. Yes, I'm being told by the tracker here. <laughs> You're going to uh-huh. get my back straight here. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this um, this is the only um, Brian. You're gonna have to explain exactly uh, how the ship came in. Um, she has three nacelles. She is the only warship in um, Starfleet at this time. She is also the only. Hang on. Okay. Odyssey is Odyssey is a galaxy class dreadnought, as seen in All Good Things, the final episode of Next Gen. Yes. But we've made some tweaks. Okay. We've made some tweaks to it. It's got a phase cloak. It's got trinary shielding. You know, just things like that. And in the storyline that we did, it was the first actual warship that was constructed by the Federation in over a century. Wow! Awesome. Yeah. And the funny so part is, are... I'm following exactly. Okay. Go ahead. Um, go ahead, go ahead uh, Phoenix. Well, no, no, I'm I'm just kind of following the history. I, you know, yeah, exactly that. Um, and how that must have been when they got there. That must, you know, that must have been like when the Enterprise shot over to Andromeda, only without a way back. <laughs> That's uh, that, that by that by their standards is still a couple hundred years at high warp. You know. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's an exciting uh, tale, uh, and I'm sad to hear that you're currently on hiatus. How many people do you have active? Uh, right now, probably about half a dozen, but at one point that's we had good. almost 30 in our group. Wow. And what are you currently doing? Are you going to conventions? Are you writing stories? Are you playing the role-playing games or online games or... No, we haven't been doing much online. We've been doing more every once in a while. We'll go to a con, and, you know, if there's a Trek movie or something, we'll do a theater promotion, you know, coinciding with uh, my comic store. And, okay. You know, we're just we're just kind of low-key right now unless there's something Trekish to actually do. <laughs> okay. So do we have to definitely ignore the Klingon group that's down here. Oh, there's a Klingon group down there? <laughs> Yes, the IKV uh, hand the And how do you guys interact with them? Or, or do you? <laughs> we do. In a role-play capacity, it's pretty much how well the Federation and the Klingons get along in the show, depending on okay. which particular uh, show that you like. But <laughs> we like annoying them. They like annoying us playfully, so. Okay, so it's good. Do you guys, do you guys dress up in... Uh, uh, costumes as well? 
Oh yes. Oh yes. And these are uh, these are uh, these are uniforms from the next gen era. I'm guessing. Next gen, first contact era. You know that okay. right around then. Okay, well, awesome. I had a few things from the classic era as well. So. Well, let me let me explain the story a little bit, and let's see if it, it can inspire you. And then I want to tie in something that uh, Phoenix and I uh, are doing with the disclosure network. Um, you know, first of all, I have a lot planned. Uh, years ago, I was very involved with uh, uh, fandom, and we were Klingons uh, for the most part of that. It was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, um, right now, what I'm planning is uh, I'm planning on telling a story. Uh, in the original classic uh, series, um, Kirk and company managed to off Apollo. And then in uh, the Star Trek Continues, they show that he's still around. So anyway, we'll incorporate these stories. And Peter David picks up the story with a, a descendant or the son of uh, Palamas and shows what the gods are doing during the next uh, gen time. So uh, for the purposes of our story, these will happen in alternate universes because they contradict each other. Um, so the, our ship is going to be a time-traveling and multiverse-hopping ship. So we could visit different versions of these stories. And, uh, Does Section 31 know about this? I'm sorry? Does Section 31 know about this? I, I don't know, and I'm an Olympian, so I don't care. Especially uh, R&D, I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a clue. So Thank you. Well, initially, what started the story is, was uh, Hercules uh, and some Olympians are like, what happened to Apollo? You know, trying to figure out what happened to Apollo and uh, what action they should take, if any, against the Federation. Uh, so uh, that starts the story off. And with that premise, there have been decades worth of uh, convention uh, activities, uh, stories, fanzines, and all sorts of stuff written. We've retconned it a few times. Uh, and simplified the tale, and I'm going to be doing the same again. So um, right now there is a uh, Star Trek uh, Starfleet RPG group. I posted it on my timeline. If you go there, I think I think you guys are there already. Um, we can start constructing everything from there, um, and uh, that's going to lead to a role-playing game, and it's going to be similar to the one I'm currently doing for uh, Mythic Greece. So if you go to the Mythic Greek uh, role-playing game, you'll see it's like an old play-by-email game, basically. Ah, got him in. So uh, anyway, that's how it's going to start. Um, we have now the half-hour show, the Starfleet show that's been going on for a while. It's going to continue, um, and it's going to expand. So we'll be using the show to interact. We'll have the role-playing game in the group on Facebook. Uh, locally, I'm going to have a meeting uh, at a local library. We're going to be selling science fiction books to make money for the library and support the friends of the Creskill uh, Library. Uh, and then once that's up and running, we're going to start interacting with uh, local uh, starships uh, and doing uh, convention activities. And uh, um, so I love you guys to either be part of our crew or to bring the Odyssey into the story. You know, if, if uh, the Odyssey is low on folks now, eventually we can build it up again, and the Odyssey can be part of our adventures. That would be awesome. And Phoenix, 
um, share your Star Trek fandom because I think this is the first time you've been on the Star Trek uh, uh, show with others. So you want to share a little bit about your interest in Star Trek? Um. Uh, okay. So other other than other than the fact that you know I tell everybody that Captain Picard was a role model growing up um and as as these guys as these guys are seeing i mean i've got extensive trivia knowledge of this that and the other and actually i kind of had a question for um after i get the blast of information out uh you know maybe you guys can answer uh now uh what 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 are cite some examples of uh using kinetic energy weapons that is like uh, a 20 ton uh lawn dart made out of like uh i don't know like tungsten or mag- or, or um mobidium or something like that you know i i know that there were a couple in the star trek universe a couple of times when those were used like you drop them from orbit they hit the ground an instant meteor you know those were there were a couple of times in the star trek universe that was used but i failed to recollect where and when that was, and I mean, you know, you, you know, even to, even to, like in the books, there was one time when, I do believe it was a Klingon ship, uh, it was uh, fighting a Romulan or something, in the story, and th- they beamed everybody they could off to somewhere else, and just hit the warp drive, or pointed themselves at the other ship and just hit the warp drive, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, similar similar tactic, similar flight tactic was um, used in the recent Star Star Wars movie, um, but no, it was used on Trek first. Uh, now, okay, so as far as um, wow, out here in Utah, uh, out here in Utah, I'd like to get something going. It's almost a dead topic. The best that we've got is a couple of miles north of me, and I've been trying for years to get a hold of this dude. Uh, a couple of miles north of me, we have one of those uh, sit-in, it's like a video arcade that the dude's cobbled together out of like more makerspace stuff than I know what to do with. And he's cobbled together like a VR experience. And it said that predates, that predates the PlayStation release, which uh, that might also be, uh, everybody, guys, that might also be a good place to host online stuff and stream the content to gain, you know, to raise awareness, you know, so, so that Trek doesn't die. It need not die. You know, um, it's like, it's like my, it's hardly entrenched in our culture for it to die. It, 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 it fizzles uh, for a while, but it always comes back. And uh, uh, I know here in the Northeast, um, like our first guest for tonight, uh, Admiral Bob Bossler, uh, he's been like active for like 30 years <laughs> in, in his yeah. Star Trek club, and now he's like an admiral in District uh, Seven, uh, and he was a mythic. Wait, Atlantis. he was the one I was sitting next to at Atlantis, yes, yes, yes. right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to be wow, our. I'm sorry, I, I, I can tell from now. So uh, if there are no answers to your questions, because I certainly cannot answer your your question, um, Brian and Tina, can you answer his question? As far as the kinetic weapons. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't awesome. remember it actually being 
done on Trek per se. The closest I can think of right off the top of my head without doing the research on it was the mass drivers thing they used on Babylon 5 when the Centauri bombed Narn, and they were dropping asteroids okay. from orbit. They shoved them out of the ships and let the gravity take over. Yeah. But yeah. I remember a couple of times on Trek where they would do, you know, collision courses with ships and, you know, ram the ships into each other, and, of course, the warp course would detonate and that kind of thing. But, you know, as far as actually targeting something and – you know, hitting the warp drive like that, I can't think anything right off the top of my head. I know they mentioned it a couple of times as a possibility, but I don't think they ever actually yeah. showed it on screen. Okay. Oh, I, I, okay. So I, I go ahead, Turk. I'll let you go first. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <clears throat> okay. I asked that because, um, and Hercules can attest to this. Um, you know, what, what is, what is really becoming entrenched to be my professional passion now is uh working with the technology working with similar technologies that bring this to fair it's like you want an you want an impulse engine make yourself a vasimer rocket in fact that's uh what uh it was cited by the nasa engineer who built the darn thing that um you know the impulse engine on star trek was his inspiration mm-hmm. yeah. so um you know, and that was like ninety four, ninety six, somewhere in there that they landed. They used one of those things to land something on a comet. Um, okay, so yeah, you want an impulse engine? Okay. Now, asteroid mining operation. Okay, so where are we going to get all this metal to actually bring the future? Asteroid belt, bar none. Um, the moon, bar none. Uh, and uh, with Hercules, we need to we need to see about including. Uh, a guy named Isaac Arthur. He runs a YouTube channel. Maybe you guys have heard of him. Um, the name I don't know. Science and Futurism is the name of the channel. Uh, that dude is probably uh, for for the thing with the Kruskill, which I was, I'm assuming oh. Hercules. That's where that is. Okay. Uh, this dude. This dude has every. He, he like has eidetic sci-fi memory. So and he has referenced so many books in this 400 or so shows that he's put out. He has referenced so many books, and you you know it's like I said on the it's like I said on the Argonaut shows. Um, the the world needs people people that can explain how humanity as a species is not screwed. Otherwise, we won't get to you know. My my passion has been personally has been bringing you know doing the footwork for that will lead up to these technologies. Now, you want faster-than-light travel? Uh, so far, the front-runner is something called an Alcubierre fronting warp drive, but that's all still okay. theory. Uh, you know, the transporter, oh, man, I'm kind of I'm kind of scared uh, to go, uh, what was what was that movie that was, came out in the 80s, The Fly? I'm kind of scared I'm... to go that way with the transporter, because <laughs> I don't want to get gene spliced. <laughs> Um, let's well, see. McCoy. <laughs> I think DeForest Kelly, a.k.a. McCoy, had a few things to say about transporter technology himself, so. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Brian, you know a lot about the technology of uh, Star Trek and current technology uh, as well. Um, what 
article, that stuff goes over my head uh, to a great uh, degree. Uh, so maybe we could plan like an engineering show where you guys can discuss that and, uh, uh, you know, basically uh, bring that whole new dimension to what we're doing. Okay, sounds good. That could be cool. And uh, unfortunately, cool. I knew this was going to be too little time. Uh, so it's good that Thomas isn't here as well. But uh, again, I'm going to be increasing. I'm going to be doubling the amount of time for this particular show in the very near future. So uh, we'll have plenty of time for everything, and uh, we're going to format it and uh, and make it a regular um, thing. But in the interim, uh, since we're going to be playing together in the role play and you know organizing things capacity, if you guys can join the Facebook uh, group, I posted it on my timeline. Uh, and then come up with character concepts, and you can be yourself. Okay. Like I'm basically going to be myself. You know, I'm not going to be a character. I'm just going to be me doing this. So uh, if we you, go you with our if we go with our current characters that we have, that's already done. Okay, awesome. You can go with the characters you currently have, and uh, we're also going to be doing creative things uh, with this in the future. Uh, we're going to be writing short stories and putting out books. So this is something that's in the in the in the outline of what we're going to be doing so uh, we're going to be having lots of fun with it and uh then uh just like uh for instance phoenix do you, do you have a vessel or do you want to be on the vessel the part of olympus uh let's stick with the olympus for now <laughs> let's okay. stick with the olympus for now and uh we um, will be uh, envoys of uh, the project we're working on together to our different uh, fandoms that are in our local areas. Okay. Remind okay. remind me. Okay, so I've got a whole Argonaut show based upon that word. Um, we okay. need. Okay, so remember that. Remember that, and I'll, I'll I'll like like throw you a message in chat as to why when I get okay. done or when we're all done. Now, Brian, do you have a Facebook uh, account? I tried uh, finding you. I couldn't. So uh, uh, if you're there, I'd like to friend you so we can more easily communicate. Yeah, I should be on Tina's friends list if you go in there and look for me. Okay, I, w I will do that next. And if I cannot find you, if you can uh, look for me, I would appreciate it greatly. Um, and uh, I'm very excited about this. Uh, here, uh, I'm the president of the Friends of the Creskill Library. And one of the things we will be doing is uh, um, interacting with uh, the library. We're going to be having a, a monthly uh, meeting there. And we're also going to be having a retro sci-fi uh, night. Um, and okay. uh, we're collecting science fiction books uh, that uh, we're going to be selling inexpensively to the science fiction fans who come. And the proceeds will go to the Friends of the Crestville uh, Library, which supports uh, STEM, Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics, or STEAM, uh, which adds arts in there as BA. So we're already doing that. We're going to be doing that some more. We started a makerspace. Uh, Phoenix uh, flew from uh, uh, the West and came here for that uh, and helped out a lot in its uh, formation. So uh, we're going to be focusing on these and then trying to replicate it in other libraries. So if you guys would like to do this, right. you are fully that, operational. That would be awesome. So uh, okay. anyway, um, we have to close the show. I put links to Phoenix's and Tina's uh, Facebook pages because I found them. I'll look for yours. Uh, is there any other thing that you'd like me to link to uh, while we're doing links? 
Um, there should be an Odyssey Facebook page. Once you friend me, I'll send you the link to that. But there hasn't been anything on it in quite a while. But it's got some of the background stuff, I think, still on it. That, that's okay. I've, 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 I've uh, reactivated two groups. They need to be updated badly also to start. So we'll, you could work on that, and then we could just integrate it and, uh, and add it as a component as one of the recommended groups. So uh, that will be your task. Are you guys the commanders of the Odyssey? Yes. Awesome. So send me your ranks as well so I know how to address you. And uh, thank you very much. You, you know, you're awesome, and uh, I'm grateful that you're on the show, and I'm looking forward to creatively interacting with all of you to benefit our local uh, communities. Sounds good. Thanks. Okay, take care. We will speak again uh, very soon, and thanks to all who joined us at home. Uh, Until next time, this is Hercules. Phoenix, Tina, and Brian wishing you joyous journeys and happy adventures. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. (laughs) 